Welcome, my Beyond Grit friends. So I'm back. I am back. I got a text yesterday, and there is a CrossFit competition that we used to do quite a few years, and it used to be a four-person team, and now they brought it down to three-person team. But we won that two years in a row. And after the last time we won, I was like, I'm out. I'm not uh, doing comps anymore. And uh, I have never like 100% gotten out or away from the the fitness game or trying to be fit, but I've lost my luster for it. And uh, I needed something to snap back and get back into it. I'm not getting any younger. Um, I don't want to give in to the age. I want to still get out there and do it and work hard. So this is going to be a good little kick in the butt. And then all of a sudden I realized, holy crap, that's nine weeks away. And I have got to bring it in order to get back in shape to do a competition at a higher level. Um, so I do not want to disappoint and I will not fail. I will get my ass in gear and, uh, and do it. So it's coming nine weeks back at it. I can't wait. I like to do it, uh, with my buddies and we're going to have fun and it'll be a good time. So I'm back. I'm back and we'll see how it goes. Uh, having a great weekend or had a great weekend. Um, just running around, checking out the town, going on dates with my lady. And um, I know a lot of people are uh, Charlottians that uh, listen to this podcast. And uh, I challenge you to get out of your bubble and get down to downtown Charlotte and check out some great places. So we went to um, the rooftop bar over at the new Grand Bohemian, which is really cool. They've decorated it. Um, it looks awesome. And went out uh, Thin and Fino, had some great seafood and oysters. And uh, the town was hopping. It was Saturday night, and uh, there were people all over the place. It was great. So I highly recommend it. Go check it out. This week's podcast guest is Barb Brooks, and Barb is a one, she's a cancer survivor, and um, it hit her and hit her hard and came out of nowhere, um, and it was a s- super scary time in her life, and it was a challenge, and it was a struggle, and, and you know what, she made it through, um, and she started a... Um, it would be a an Instagram fashion blog um, a couple years ago, and she noticed that women, you know, she is in her early 50s, and she's like, women still need style, and it's out there for them, and, and they want it. If you're younger, you can go through and flip around all the magazines and articles, and it's all for younger people, and she's like, you know what, I want to give back something to people that are um, in the mature 
crowd. So she's been doing that. Um, she started a podcast and it's uh, Mommy Hood to Menopause podcast. It's really good. Um, and she was just so much fun to have on. It was the first time I ever met her and she was fantastic. We had a great conversation, a great chat. And, uh, so here is my conversation with Barb Brooks and I hope you enjoy it. July 4th weekend. Do you have any plans? I got nothing. I got, you know what? My plan is to relax that, you know, and be that on my deck or I don't know, on my sofa. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to be yeah. hot. It's going to be really hot, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Extra day just to chill. Fireworks are always good, but yeah, I don't, I don't even think I'm cooking out. Like I'm really going You're to like relax. You're really chilling. I'm talking about ordering the food. Yeah. The whole bit. I know. We finally turned the corner. I feel like two days ago, three days ago, I was like, wow, man, the weather's actually pretty good. It's the end of June. It's not too bad. Then kapow. New day. It is. I know. I know. But you know, I love it. I love all the seasons. One of the things I love about living in North Carolina, you get the cold, you get the hot, like, and and I guess that's for clothing, maybe. I like all fashion, so... (laughs) Isn't that horrible? But yeah, that's that's kind of um, that's kind of my thought on it. What what can I wear? <laughs> now, did you grow up here in yeah, Charlotte? Yeah, I'm from Charlotte, yeah. Oh, man. Born and raised. Southern girl. Yeah. When you're from Michigan. Michigan yeah. So, yeah. So that, this is like really hot to you. This is hot. And now it's so funny. When I left Michigan, I left it because of the gray and the cold. And now I love the fall and the winter here. Of and course. then we vacation places, you know, out west in the winter where you would have never, ever done that in Michigan. I'm really a sunshine person. So if it's dark and gloomy, my personality is right along with the weather. So today, blue skies, I'm I'm on top of my game. I know. I feel bad sometimes when it's sunny like this and it's blue skies. And really in the back of my mind, I'm like, I just want some clouds. Oh, just really? Take the sun away for a little bit. No, yeah, no, bad. No, no, not me. I'm just, no. Yeah, give me the sunshine. When we have not a cloud in the sky, those are my my best days. Are Good you a days. beach girl? You're. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think eventually I'll end up at the beach somewhere. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I like the mountains. So Do you I'll, really? Yeah, I'll go to the mountains. I'll take a gloomy, rainy day in the mountains sitting back. No, I'm crying. A cup of coffee. I'm, I'm on the sofa crying in my yeah. coffee. <laughs> it's so weird. No, I don't like it. So many people. I've got I got friends on both yeah, sides. Yeah, so do I. You know, my children both. Beach. Yeah, my children are both, you know, oh, it's raining. It's such a great day. And I just want to do nothing. Yeah. So I get nothing done on the rainy day. Today, I'm going to be rocking it out. Uh, my uh, my daughter is in, uh, she goes to App State. And so she's in the mountains. And I don't know if I'm going to get her out of there. My daughter went to Western Carolina for one year. Okay. okay. And I would go visit her some, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I missed her like crazy, as all of the psycho moms do. Yeah. But then the next three years, she went to Wilmington, which is at the beach. I was there all the time. Hi, coming down again. You know, she was just like, are you coming again? Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I pay for that apartment. I'm going to be in it. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was she's really like, great. great. Yeah. Yeah. But Great. it was really beautiful. I love, I love the beach. Uh, 
How old? Uh, there was when we came down here. Um, we were at the beach all the time. It was that was the thing, and it was. It, I think it was just coming from Michigan to here, right, and it was yeah. so new and three and a half hours away, four hours away. You could be at the beach, and that was just I know awesome. And uh, and then eventually we rolled back over into the mountains. Yeah, I, go. I'm at least once a month. In the well, I haven't been, but once this year. But I'm planning a trip now. I go a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, it it's it's a very real. It's it's relaxing to me more than anything else, more than any other place. You know, home to me is because of social media. You know, you're on. You're just you can work all the time, and I don't think that I'm a workaholic, but I love what I do. So, you know, I I I can't really just sit idle very easily. So on the beach, though, I don't want to get sand in my phone. So. <laughs> Just yeah. kind of a, a pushing toward the the more relaxing side of life. That is funny. You know, you, you mentioned about being a workaholic, and I don't think there's workaholic as somebody that's bad and can't turn it off. But then there's somebody that enjoys what they're doing, and then it doesn't seem like work. And I know the whole cliche of found find what you love, and you'll never yeah. work another day. Um, there's some truth to that, and there's some truth that. It's a job still. I, you know, I am on Instagram, of course, every day for several hours. Um, and I've built so many good relationships there. But um, you can get burned out. I mean, I will say you, you, you know, it's not the people that burn you out. It's just that routine of, of just digging through the social media every day. Um, for the most part, social media has been really good to me. And what is insane. So I started my blog when I was um, 49. I had like two weeks until my birthday. Somebody had come to me and said, you know, I saw this um, article in the paper and this made me think of you because you love clothes. I've always loved clothes. And you should do this for women in their 50s. And I thought, this is so stupid. This is the, and I still, there are parts of me that still believe that. Like it's, I just, I like what I like. And so I don't really understand people who are looking and searching for what to wear. Does that make sense? Yep. And so she she came to me, She one of my best friends, and she says, you know, you should do this. And I just kind of poo-pooed it away. Well, then the next day, somebody else came and said, hey, I saw this article, and this would be so cool for you to do. And I thought, this is weird. Maybe this is a sign. So I read the article, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And I, I remember I threw up a photo, and I thought, and I, it was, you know, at first I was doing photos of like my bag, my purse, or, you know, shoes, so that my face didn't have to be on there, because mm -hmm. that's like, having never been on social media, it was weird for me just to throw a picture up. And then I thought, well, nobody's going to see it anyway. Who cares? Well, people were so welcoming. It was just a really, it was a real awakening for me because I think I just felt like these women were so kind and they were so encouraging and, and it was just great. I mean, I, I was so, I was hooked. I loved yeah. it. Did, now, what type of social media experience did you have before you started? None. You just well, jumped. I, mean, I had two children, okay, and they were obviously on Instagram and on Facebook. So I had their passwords. And I think I created an account on both just so I could, you know, creep on them because I was like really very involved in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so... um you know, I, I kept up with what they were doing, but I didn't. I thought I always thought social media was a waste of time, 
because I always said, you know, it's kind of like watching TV for me. You're watching somebody else live life. Um, it has since become, you know, like I say, I mean, I have some of my dearest friends are are bloggers on social media. And that sounds insane. If you'd said to me five years ago, oh, you're going to be, you know, I mean, one of my dearest friends is in Utah. Um, and I've got other friends in other states that I just adore them. And we've met at blogger conferences or Fashion Week in New York. And, you know, you just build, you have such a bond because of what you do. And they're, they're just really strong, amazing women. And so I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's gotta be even more special to, it's like having a pen pal, like you've got a, a virtual pen pal, but you can see them. And then to be able to meet them yeah. in New York. And, it's kind of weird, Bl- though. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really weird. And when we met, I remember the first conference I went to um, was in California. I did not know a soul. My mother was 80 at the time, and she thought I was going to be kidnapped. She was sure that I was going to go to California and never return. But she said, you know, why are you going out there to meet all these people that you don't know? And I said, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like it's something I need to do. So um, a friend of mine, a in air quote friend, um, on Instagram was was um, launching a radio program. And so she said, come out for my launch party, you know, and I said, okay. So there were like 50 bloggers there. And, you know, it's, it's just like in real life, you connect with people on different levels, of course. Um, and so I remember walking to the rooftop and, um, you know, and here were all these women and I knew them all, but a lot of them, I only knew their Instagram handle. So I would be like, oh, you know, <laughs> they're like Southern blonde chic. I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's just, it was weird. Um, but now those same women, you know, when I, when I talk with them and comment back and forth on our posts on Instagram, there's a real connection and you appreciate them for who they are, uh-huh. you know? Um, and then, you know, I've, I've done other trips with other bloggers since then, just based on that trip and, and what we found out that we loved about each other. And um, we've walked through life together. It's really cool. That is cool. So what got you there? I mean, you started it at 49. Yeah. You did a lot of stuff from the time coming up. So, a lot of stuff. Yep. And so we know you've always lived in, in uh, North Carolina, in the yeah. Charlotte area? Always in Charlotte. Okay. How different is Charlotte? Very, yeah. So, okay. So what is your background coming, leading long, up into this? How long this? do we have? Oh, we got a little long. Okay, a long, long time. So um, I was an administrative assistant for years. And so when I, when I got pregnant with my, with my daughter, um, I thought, you know, I'd really like to stay home. And this man who was a broker at an insurance company, I was an office manager. He was a broker. I was friends with his wife. Well, she, she got cancer and she died. Mm. And so he was lost. He, um, you know, he didn't pay their bills. And he didn't do any of his own travel, you know, scheduling. And so he was just lost. He had a family, huge family. And so I remember it was near the holidays, and he had like 48 presents to buy for Christmas. And he he's just like, do you know anybody who wants to work part-time? And I thought, yeah, like I do know somebody. And so, oh, actually, let me rewind a little bit. This was right before I got married. So I worked for him part-time for four years while working full-time for an insurance company. And when I finally decided to have a baby, I was like, you know, I'd love to stay home. Mm -hmm. So I worked at home for him part-time and had my children, had a son and a daughter. And so they're now 26 and 25. That 
pains me to say that, um, but they're amazing, amazing humans. And so, um, you know, I, I, when they were really small, I did that. I worked part-time for him. It was just, it was perfect. Um, and then after that, I did a lot of stuff. I have, I've owned a store here in Charlotte for a very short period of time. How was that? Oh, you don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, I've never worked in retail or mm-hmm. any, I mean, really all I've ever done is, is admin. And so I've never had that retail hours and I only owned the store for three months. We decided to back out of the deal, which was the wisest decision I've ever made. It was so fun, and I was really good at it. I loved it because it was a clothing store, of course, okay. uh, Park Red Shopping Center, and okay. it was great. But it was it was just an animal, you know. It just it ate up my life, and so um, I've done that. I've um, I've been an IT recruiter. I've done sales. I've done marketing. I mean, just a lot of stuff, yeah. you know, and. I tell my children all the time, you know, don't fight the journey because where I am now, where I sit now, you know, those three months of owning a store seem like just a waste of time. But now it's, it's, you know, I I get how a store thinks. I get how retail works. So it really helped for a while when my daughter was like five, um, she had really long, gorgeous hair, beautiful kid, of course, you know, what am I going to say? But she, she really was fabulous. And so, I made these huge bows for her to pull her hair back with. And all of my friends were like, will you make me some, you know, I need a pink, but whatever. So I thought, well, I should make these. So I started um, designing tutus, wands, crowns, um, and and bows. And so I sold those wholesale. I was in the Atlanta Apparel Mart um, for, oh, let's see, maybe four years. And so sold wholesale for, for many years, designed those. I remember sitting in my dining room and a lot of the tutus had like feathers, those big, huge ostrich feathers. And there were just feathers everywhere. Like it was just a manufacturing, you know, it was, it was rough. It was crazy. So I love that. Um, I like, I'm going to, I'm going to rewind back to the comment that you made to your kids about don't fight the journey. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's amazing. And I, and I, and the reason I say that is because I have an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old, and they're they're beginning their journey, right? right? And and you have um, where I grew up, and and my dad um, worked the same job, yeah. for you know 60 years, and you know you look at my wife. My wife's been in the same thing for 25 years, and her dad was a fireman, and he was a fireman forever, and you you get nervous because you're setting there because it, their journey can go so many different places and all you want them to do is is succeed and you're scared you know as a parent yeah at least i am um no i think all parents i talk to yeah. a lot of women and yeah you're not alone on that boat right but you know i think um the tagline on my blog is pour your passion to find joy in the journey and so i think when you finally hit your sweet spot is when you're pouring out what you're passionate about and you, you're just, you're, you know, you're overflowing with joy. And I think it just pulls people in. Yeah. Um, for me that, that means faith. That means fashion. You know, I, I have so many passions and this blog allows me to share it all. So I love that. Yeah. No, yeah. that's great. Yeah. It's a, it's been fun. Um, and you know, my, like I have a daughter who, um, she's, been all over the board. You know, she wanted to be a nurse. She wanted to, I mean, you know, got a list. 
And she says the other day to me, you know, and she's 26. She's like, you know, I'm not there yet. And I'm like, I'm 55. Yeah. And I'm still not there yet. And I don't want to be there. No. You know, I've decided, I, I look back over life and, you know, 55 years can be a long time. <laughs> it depends on what you've gone through. But for me, 55 years has been a long time. And um, I, I will say this about, I don't know how, you know, open you are about your faith. But for me, I look back and I think, God has never failed me, you know, not ever. So I, I don't have to worry about the future uh-huh. because I know who goes before me and I know who walks behind me. I know who's beside me. And so I can go boldly into the future without being so anxious that I miss it. You know, yeah. that even in cancer, I, you know, I had cancer, breast cancer, and um, two years ago, so that's a big deal. Yeah. And um, even in cancer, there were so many things that weren't wasted. Yeah. You know, I decided when um, I was diagnosed in 2018, and I decided that when I really, I sat down, and after, and this was, of course, after all the testing, and that's a whole conversation in itself, but um, I decided this is not going to be wasted. Yeah, but I, you know, it it is a conversation, but it's a conversation I think, you know, we should kind of touch on because um, you're, from the little that I've listened to you and kind of read about you, when you were diagnosed, because you have, uh, I know I'm jumping around, you had this this attitude and and you were 49 years old and you were talking about it and you were like, you know what, I'm 49 years old, but I don't really care because I feel like I'm 25 years old right, right. now. And in my mind and my attitude and my body, really, I don't, it, that is just a number, okay? So when you're, you were diagnosed, you were like, okay, well, we'll take care of this, you know? I uh, love that you paint it, me so beautifully, yeah. but that is not, you know, it. But it, it didn't roll out that way, did it? Well, it, was, it, you know, when I was diagnosed, I was, of course, like anybody would be, I was just like, you know, cancer. And I yeah. remember the phone ringing and, you know, no one knew. I had, I had five good friends, best friends. And so they knew. Okay. And um, all strong women, just amazing women. And I knew that these women loved me. I knew they were my friends, but I had no idea really who they were until, and we'd been friends for years, until this came mm-hmm. because they really stepped in and, and carried me. But, um, you know, I find out that I have cancer and I didn't tell my children. I didn't tell any family members because, and I didn't obviously didn't announce it on Instagram just because I wanted to know my dad had passed away from cancer years before. So he's been passed away 25 years now. So to me, cancer always equaled death. Mm -hmm. So was I scared? I was like, what the heck? I have cancer. And it was just almost, you know, surreal. You couldn't believe it. And I remember the phone ringing and I would, you know, I put it in my, um, in my contacts, you know, Levine Cancer Institute, and it would come up on my phone and I would think, this cannot be for me. You know, where they would leave a voicemail and it would say, hi, this is, you know, Betty from Levine Cancer. And you're like, this this voicemail is for me about my cancer. Mm-hmm. It was devastating for a few minutes. Yep. And then I decided, you know what, um, I'm here now. And I think if we can, all of us as a whole, everybody that you can reach, if you can get a hold of the fact that you're here now, you know, 
it might not be in your best spot, right? You might not be in the best place, but you're here. And so why die before you're dead? And I decided that I was not going to look up anything on the internet. Like I am probably the most uninformed cancer person. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was a cancer patient who just didn't want to know. Okay. And so, because I thought, you know, I have um, a really good friend on Instagram and she had been through cancer and I had a lot of respect for her. She was like at the time, I think maybe three years out from her cancer and it her I was triple positive, which is not uncommon. What does and that mean? Triple positive breast cancer means um, like positive estrogen, po- you know, the, the actually the form of what it is. Okay. Triple negative. Oh, deadly. Very, very intense. And my okay. friend on Instagram had had triple negative cancer. She beat it, mm-hmm. and she's just a boss. And so she, I, I reached out to her, and I said, hey, I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. So she's given me all this info or whatever, but I never went on the Internet because, you know, when you peel it back, when somebody goes and begins to dig on the Internet, what are they really looking for? I mean, you're not really looking for symptoms. You've been diagnosed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're not really looking for avenues of treatment because your doctor's telling you all that, right? You're looking for hope. You want to hear somebody say, but you're going to be okay. And I knew for me that my hope was within God. It okay. was not on the internet. And so why am I going to dig for the hope in a hopeless area? Plus, everybody loves to, stay, to share their horror story on the internet. You would not believe it's horrible. So I was like, I'm not going there. Um, and so I didn't tell my kids. I went through all my testing by myself and it was not an easy thing, but it was, you know, it was, it was doable. I mean, I just did it. And I remember telling my children, it was like on a Thursday, I think. And, um, I found out, you know, I'd gone through everything and they were like, okay, definitely treatable. You're going to be fine. You know? And so I was like, okay, I, I feel like I can go with them and go to them and tell them everything and have like this, you know, I don't know, bright light at the end of my story that says, but I'm going to be fine. And so I remember telling them, hey, you know, I have cancer. And they were like, oh, whatever. Like they were, they thought I was just kidding, you know. And I'm like, I really have cancer, but I'm going to be fine. And we're going to New York tomorrow on a trip. And they're like, (laughs) what? And I'm like, you know, so I wanted to be like, oh, I have cancer, but hey, I've got this fun vacation. So, you know, I, I think I was trying to say to them, we're still living, right? I mean, yes, we. Ha- I have been diagnosed with cancer, but I'm still here. And I tried to do that throughout the chemo, really hard, very, very difficult. But, you know, chemo is no joke. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I just, I decided that I would post on Instagram bald, that I would, you know, I, I had this um, party on Instagram and it was called No Hair Don't Care. And it was where I shaved my head and I did it live. And I was like, you know what? Hair does not define me. I'm going to have hair again. And if I don't, there are fabulous wigs. And, you know, I'm celebrating the fact that I'm alive. And that's what I think every day you have to get up with that mindset. Because even now, two years later, like I go for a mammogram in a couple of weeks. And um, just saying that gives me, you know, like a hot flash. Because that's intense. You're like, wow, you know, cancer can come back. But it's not here today. And so if I have that overwhelming fear every day, then you're paralyzed. And I refuse to walk in that. I refuse to live in fear. And um, that's kind of how I was the whole time through cancer. I just decided that it was not going to be, you know, an empty two years. Yeah. 
because it could have been, you know, I, I know women who, I mean, many women reached out to me on Instagram and said, you know, oh, I'm so encouraged. You know, I have cancer and I can't, I can't move today. I'm so, and I get it. I mean, it's, it's not, I don't want to make light of it. It's, it's difficult and it's hard and it's scary, but at the same time, I just refused to, I, I just refused to die before I was dead. I mean, I might die tomorrow, mm-hmm. but if I do, I live the last two years through chemo, through surgery, through radiation, I still lived every single day. I went out and, you know, got milkshakes and I went and listened to music and I went shopping. And I mean, I lived and I just, every time I remember, um, great story. So I went in, it was November and I was diagnosed. Well, my, my OB said, I think, you know, we need to do like a diagnostic mammogram. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, and I'm got that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she would not be sending. And it was like, oh, we can do it tomorrow. I'm like, okay. You know, so I go in for my mammogram and they're like, well, it doesn't look really good. And she said, um, I'd like to do a biopsy. And of course the whole time, you know, they see this every day. So I kept saying to them, well, well what do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think initially? And she's like, well, you know, it looks a little suspicious. And so, um, I went in and go in. I have, I have the diagnostic, and she's like, I want to do an ultrasound. And so I said, okay. And so she's like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure it's cancer. Okay. So I'm like, oh, crap. Well, the next day was Thanksgiving. So I was like, you know, I'm definitely not going to say anything to my kids. And I've got to make this the best Thanksgiving ever because, you know, yeah. what if it's my last Thanksgiving? And you always hear those stories of people saying, you know, well, if it's my last 10 days on earth that are going to be, and I'm going to travel and whatever. And you're like, you know, so I'm thinking if this is my last Thanksgiving, we are going to have the best Thanksgiving ever. Right. So the whole day is going through. My kids have no clue. I'm cooking. We're talking. We're laughing. We go to the parade downtown. Like it was, you know, I just, and every, you know, maybe 30 minutes I would think, girl, you have cancer. Like it That's just, what I was wondering. Yeah, like, of course. Did it just keep. Of course, of course. But I think the, the thought that my last Thanksgiving ever w- to make that depressing would be, I just couldn't do that yeah. to my children. I wanted all these great memories. So I didn't say a thing. And I, we, we have this tradition in my family, my children, my son, my daughter and I, we all get up at the break of day on black Friday and we hit it. We go <laughs> all day so hard, you know, we just, it's, we love it. And I mean, the the more people, the happier I am. Like I, you know, I don't mind to stand in line for 30 minutes. I'm just singing Christmas carols. I am so happy. And so I forgot that we were going to be going shopping that Friday. And when they said to me at the doctor's office, well, we can set up a biopsy Friday morning. I'm like, yes, because I wanted to get it, you know, done. Done. Yeah, right. Like I'm, I'm very good with the facts, but in the gray, I'm really anxious. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, Friday morning's good okay, so be here at 7.30. And so I'm not even thinking about Black Friday. And so Thursday, you know, my daughter has the paper out and she's looking and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm looking for the sales for where we, you know, where where do you want to start tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, Oh, crap. Yeah. (laughs) And so I said, well, you know what? I've got to work in the morning, but we'll, we'll, I should be home by 10, 30, 11 and we'll just roll out then. And she's like, oh, you know, can't believe you have to, okay, fine. So I go in that morning and I'm thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. Like I'm thinking biopsy means a tiny little needle, but it's not a tiny little needle. Yeah. Like, so they do two, two biopsies, stitch me up. She's like, 
definitely cancer. I'll let you know what kind when it comes back. And of course, like I'm crying and I'm upset. And then I'm thinking, and my kids are texting me, hey, you coming? You're on the way? And I'm like, oh, crap, you know? Same mindset with Black Friday. This, if this is my last Black Friday, it's going to be the it's best. It's going to be so good. Uh, I don't so, know how you put the, 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 the mask on and it wasn't really. But you know, I think that's the difference. It, like it wasn't a mask. No, it was, it was just. It was a mindset. Like my head was in the game of, you're alive and just do it. And you know what? I've had two Black Fridays since then. Yeah. So you know, you, you look at it and you think. I and and two, don't you feel like I don't know if you've ever been through anything traumatic, but I am at a place in life where your legacy means something. You know, what you leave behind might be more important than what you're experiencing. And so if you can wrap your brain around that and keep your head in the right space, and I think that's not just with cancer, with anything, mm -hmm. um, you can be a different person. You know, I think it will change you. And so um, I'm texting them back. I'll be home shortly. So as I'm doing that, they're you know, stitching me up. And she says, okay, so don't hold your purse or pick up anything with this arm, this right arm. Don't pick up anything over five pounds and take ibuprofen every two hours. And I'm already like hurting, like it's already hurting. And she says, and here's some ice packs, change these out every hour you know, keep it, keep it iced. You're going to swell up. And I mean, I've got this big pat, you know, this huge bandage and I'm like, crap. So I have this big purse. I go by Chick-fil-A. I get a big cup of that really nice Chick-fil-A ice. You mm -hmm. know, I cram one ice pack down in the cup and I stick it down in my purse, cram the other ice pack in my bra and I walk in the door and I'm like, let's go. And we left, we, we shopped all day. They never had a clue. And every hour I would go into the bathroom and change out my ice packs and made sure I kept my, you know, purse on my left arm and kind of held my hand up, like walked with my hand kind of protecting, you know, just, it didn't look odd. I guess maybe it did. I don't know. I'm so weird anyway. Maybe they never noticed, but <laughs> you know, and just, we shopped all day. And I remember laying down that night and thinking, yeah, like, yeah, that's what I wanted it to be. And I think maybe that set the precedence for this is how I'm going to walk this. You know, I'm going to walk, I'm, I'm on Instagram and, you know, I don't have these followers for no reason. And I don't mean that I'm good. I mean that, you know, maybe they've been placed in my life for this very time. Yep. Maybe I can show somebody how to smile through a hard day. You know, I remember getting on my story one day and saying, hey, y'all, I don't have any hair and I'm going to chemo. And it's raining outside, so tell me what's wrong with your day. You know, you, you just get really, like, so bold to say, if I can smile through this, then you know what? You can suck it up. You can make this happen. You can do whatever it is you need to do. And um, and I think that is, you know, kind of my anthem now in life. It's, it's that um, if you wake up, it's a good day, and... If you don't, for me, it's still a good day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I feel like if you're living the life that you really wanted to live, um, I want to have very few regrets. I think that's the power. So uh, Instagram has, or social media in, in general, has two great powers. So it could be the power of everybody's great day and highlight reel, and we just carry on with that. Or it has the power of you going through and telling your story, and you probably inspired more people than you could probably even imagine to help them throughout whatever difficulties they were going through. I hope so. I hope that's the case. You know, I heard somebody say one time, 
um, are you a promoter or are you an influencer? And a promoter will promote a great dress. I have a great dress posted today. You know, really love this dress. Mm -hmm. That's a promotion. Influencing to me is so much more than promoting a product. It is, you know, what you're passionate about. And it, it's sort of one of those things where um, I was in a post, I don't know, six, eight, ten months ago, I was talking about some friends and, you know, they were all at my house and I remember I was like, oh, what am I going to wear? It's so important, right, you know, for women. And the thing is, I don't remember what I wore and I don't remember what they wore, you know, but I do remember sitting around talking and, and sharing and having, you know, just the best time mm -hmm. and and connecting with these women and I think if we can get our head on straight, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I am on there every day with a new outfit and sharing lipstick and skincare. And I love all of that. I think that is so amazing. And I will continue to do that. But there are things that are so much more important. And if you really want to change somebody's life, if you really want to influence, then I think you have to share you know, you have to be real and you have to share what you've really gone through. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I think, I think cancer could have been wasted. You know, it could have been just a bad season in my life. For me, I hope to make it the highlight reel of my life because I want it to be that I can look back on that and tell somebody, I know what it's like to be bald. I know what it's like to be so weak that you can't walk to the bathroom. I know what it's like to wear diapers. I know what it's like to be seriously sick. And I know what it's like to know that maybe you won't be here, that tomorrow is, is you know, is un you're unsure of tomorrow. But I also know what it's like to, to enjoy moments of, of even that period in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. You know, if you're going through a divorce, if you're going through cancer, if you're going through any sickness um, or depression, whatever it is, you know, it might be a bad moment, but don't live in in a place that, you know, you you waste the, the life that you've been given, even though it's not a perfect life. You know, I mean, you can use anything. I really believe that. And I think I think we can we can use every day and every season, um, you know, to share. I don't know, just love and and to share encouragement. Maybe somebody and, and that's the other thing, you know, maybe that's a joke. Always somebody has it rougher. Always somebody's in a worse situation. Yeah. Um, I would sit in chemo, you know, and I had six really heavy chemos, and then I did 14 light chemos after. And, um, you know, I mean, yeah, chemo sucks. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, let me just say. But then I would look over, and there would be somebody who, obviously, you know, you're talking to people while you're there, and you're sharing your story and you're talking about, you know, what kind of cancer you have. And so I have breast cancer and my cancer were, cancer is, you know, they're able to put it in remission. Well, this lady has colon cancer and she's on her last five chemos and that's all they can do. And she's not going into remission. Yeah. And so for me, I could always look around and see somebody in, in deeper water. And so maybe now... You know, I can focus on how to make their day a little better versus, you know, looking at myself and saying, oh, gosh, poor me. I'm in I'm in chemo. Did you ever have those feelings of why? Why do people care about what I always every yeah. every day, even now, always like why do people when I first started the blog, um, I thought I, I thought it was just 
foolish. I was like, why does anybody want to know what kind of shoes I have on, you yeah. know? And um, sometimes now, I, I'll be honest, you know, um, I think that that if we look at what the, the opportunities that were given, sometimes there's a higher purpose in it. So now I look at it like, okay, yeah, you pull them in with a really pretty dress, but what you're sharing with them really is encouragement and, you know, and inspiration to, um, to live their best life. Um, and even, you know, I used to, um, I used to try to be my best, like as far as like the way I look or, you know, can I pick out the best outfit? And of course I still want to do that. I have a fashion blog, right? So that's what I focus on. But at the same time, I think that, um, I don't think if, if i I don't want to say if I die. If I if I fell off of Instagram tomorrow, I don't want to be remembered as the one with the best clothes. Uh-huh. I want to be remembered as the one who gave you a smile on a day when you thought you didn't have anything to smile about. She reminded you. That's yeah. what I want to be. I want to be a little tap on the shoulder just to say, hey, you know what? It's going to be better. It, it might not get any better, but you're in your head. Your mindset can change everything. I believe that perspective is everything. And so um, if I can change somebody's perspective, if I can shift that a little bit, then to me, that's that's what, I, what I'm about. That's what I want to do. It's funny how a quote or somebody's story will um, can change the way that you're looking at life, whether it be that day or the past year. Yeah, it, and I feel like so many people need need that and need those words. And, um, I think they're powerful. And I, and I think when you have the gift of being able to tell it and, and get people to listen and influence them, I I think that's a huge, but you know, I I think too, part of me wants to say, but we all have that gift. I mean, you know, you have 10 people in your sphere that I will never reach. So a, you know, share my Instagram. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm really kidding. You know, but but I'll never reach those people. So what you say, how you live, who you are, that's what, you know, we're all, we're all doing the same thing, you know, and if we all had the right mindset and don't get me wrong, like I have days where it's just like, really, you know, um, do I have days where I'm down and depressed? eh, No, not really. And I've not ever been like a real moody person. I'm usually kind of up. Yeah. But since cancer... Yeah, like every day is a good day. Yeah. Every day. And so um, I say all the time, I wish people, I really do mean this, I wish we were mandated as individuals to have to go into a chemo ward every week, just one time a week. Because I go in once a week, no, once a month. I go in once a month now for um, a shot just to keep uh, estrogen at bay because that's like what drives, what was driving my cancer. Okay. And so I go in once a month for a shot. And, um, you know, I'm in the chemo area and I see hundreds of people, you know, and some of them are, are really weak. I mean, they're, they're tired and, and, you know, the battle is hard. So you're, you're physically tired and you know how it is when you don't get enough sleep. That's kind of how it is the whole time you're in chemo. You're like, you're just so weak and tired. And these people who've gone through it like me for just a short period of time, you know, you can get your pom-poms out and kind of shift yourself and, and get through it. But there are people who do this. I met one woman and, you know, her cancer spread to 
her liver and then this place and then that place. And so she's fighting it on so many different fronts and she's been in chemo, you know, many times in different seasons and um, on medication. And, you know, those people are, they're weary. And so I think, um, you know, for me, if you can be a bright light to somebody somewhere, you know, you just, you, you never know how that's going to trickle. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's my hope is that it, it just continues, you know, to, to trickle down, trickle out. So when you started your blog, um, when you were 49, did you picture it being where it is today? No. Or did you just start and kind of see, let's see how this goes? Well, I mean, you know, like I say, when I first started, I was, I was taking photos of shoes or a bag or, um, even home decor, because I was really anxious about, you know, putting your face out there. Um, mm-hmm. And and I know people can be cruel, like, you know. So I was thinking, oh, my gosh, like, you know, here you're very, it's, it is a very vulnerable place to be. And it still is. I mean, even, it's interesting to me, like, um, I've only had a few people be really rude, you know, just say some stuff. But I have friends who's, who that has happened to, too. Like, you know, like, why are you wearing that blouse with those shoes? You look ridiculous or whatever. And you think to yourself, like, okay, A, I don't need to know that. I don't yeah. want to know your opinion, right? Yeah. And, um, and I think because we talk about it, like, with my friends who are bloggers, I think because we put ourselves out there every day, they think that, that we think we're great or that what they say doesn't affect us. And, you know, we're, everybody's just human. I mean, you know, you, you feel vulnerable. You feel, um, I recently, so right now my hair is, you know, past my shoulders, but these are extensions. So I was bald and then I grew in this cute little pixie. I love your pixie. So funny. But I'm a short hair, I'm a short hair guy. And when I was scrolling back and back and then I saw the, I loved it. Oh, I okay. it a lot so of people, I, so it was really weird for me. I felt like my head's too big, you mm. know, <laughs> so I got this big head. But anyway, so I was really proud of my hair. Like, you know, wow, I have hair now. And to go back and get extensions for me meant I'm back to normal. Like this is normal for me okay. and I feel like I'm back, right? Yeah. And so, but a lot of people were like, oh, you know, don't do that. I want, I liked your pixie, stay in your pixie. And, you know, um, I think it's just, so you're very, I I felt very vulnerable going and, you know, having this really short haircut and then going long and, you know, who knows, I might go back. Actually, eventually I want to go back short, but you know, it's, it's a journey and you want to take people with you, but it's, it's scary. I think a lot of people need to hear that, that it is putting yourself out there is, is scary, especially, so that's what I was talking about, um, age wise. So 55 40, I'm going to be 49. We were kind of on that cusp of we didn't have the internet for most of our life. And then the internet kind of came in and trickled in. And then all of a sudden this stuff called social media popped up. And now putting yourself on there or putting myself on there has gotten easier. But there is that level of vulnerability that I think people at our age struggle with. Um, and then when you do find people that like your stuff and you know, your followers are like, why do you, I 
know. This like, is why, weird. This is but, but I'm why put do you put on another photo? But yeah, tomorrow I'm doing yeah, it again. I'm well, you know, the thing is, um, I think it's not only. I mean, I think that we're not really seeking attention. Like I do this as a job, right? Yep. I mean, so there's a big difference to me, and I think that's the difference in people that are like 20 and in their teens. They're they're seeking attention. For me, I I want you to follow me because a, you know. I want to do this full time as, a, as you know to make my living, but also want to encourage you. But I don't, I don't need you to say. And this is really sounds so snotty, but I don't mean it the way it's going to come out. I don't need you to say I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not worried about being pretty. I'm 55. Okay, there are always going to be prettier people in the room. Okay, even at 25, there are always going to be. You know what I mean? That I've never had that mindset that I have to be the prettiest or whatever. Um, I think you want to make an impact. And so you have to decide what impact you want to make and, you know, what your avenue is going to be to get there. Yep. But to be vulnerable and put yourself out there is a must. I yep. mean, if you're going to be on social media and do it, you know, the way we're doing it, it's a must. And I, I have to say, um, a podcast to me is not as vulnerable, but I guess maybe it is in just a whole nother way because you're really telling your people really get to know you. That's one reason I love video. I love Instagram stories. Um, I, I love that you're not just, you know, I guess summed up in a photo that people kind of get to hear your heart and who you are and what you're about. And um, so I, I love a good podcast. Yeah. So you're doing you're doing everybody a big service. It, it really of listen to them and and people have the most amazing stories. Yeah. It's just so interesting. It's fun and and when you get to take the the still photos of of what you see on Instagram and then listen to their story yeah. behind that. I you know I in this this project is is that's what it is. It's a project and I think it's. Um, just getting people's stories and being able to recognize where they came from and to be see where they are today and to know not only you know younger kids everything is instant it's yeah. that instant gratification and success is an instant it it takes a while and it's a journey and and when people hear other people's journeys and struggles you know throughout their journeys then they know that when they hit those situations, it's normal. Right. You know? Well, you know, it, a lot of women will reach out like they've decided to start a blog. And a lot of women over 50 are now blogging. There are a lot of women on Instagram now that are doing this. And when I started, um, I would say I started about midway. So it, it was going, people were doing it, but I kind of got in at a good time. Mm-hmm. Now it's there are a lot. And I have a lot of women reach out and they'll say, you know, I'm stuck at 1,500 followers. And, you know, I always say to them, because I think we get like number, you know, just psycho about these numbers and, um, and don't get me wrong. I want to grow too, but you know, you have to stop and think if you were in a stadium and 1500 people were, were standing there looking at you in your face, waiting to hear what you have to say, waiting to see what you come out wearing you would think, wow, this is a crowd, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like you would be so, so happy. And we look at that number and we're like, yeah, but it's not 2000. And it's yeah. so, so for me, I remember I was sitting, um, I was sitting in a service one time and I really feel like 
I was so convicted. I was at church and he was talking about, um, not Instagram, of course, but he was asking, you know, basically, what are you doing with what you got? And I thought, and I remember, I think I had like 10,000 followers at the time. Of course, I thought, you know, and, and it's always the way it is. When you get to 60,000, you're like, if I only had 75,000 followers, you know, then that would be, you know. And so I remember thinking, um, he's, he kept saying, you know, just driving that home, like, what are you doing with the now? We all pray that God will give us more. And it's like, don't you feel like a parent sometime when you, you give your kids something and you're like, I just, I just gave you this. Look, you're not, you're not, you're not utilizing what I've even given you. And so I became really convicted about that. And I thought, what am I giving these people? You know, I kind of flipped it on myself and I thought, what if 10,000 people were in a stadium and I'm talking to them every single day they show up every single day. They're telling me, you know, Oh, I like this. I like that. You know, they're encouraging, they're kind. Would I be more grateful then? Yeah. I mean, I would be like, wow. So it, it made me step back a little bit. And I think it gave me something to say to these women who are just starting out, yeah. you know, and, and just say, you know, realize what you have. These are people. And, um, and, and wouldn't we, I mean, 15 years ago, because I've always had kind of a mindset of, I want to be an encourager. I think that it's like a gift that yeah. I have, honestly. And so... I used to, you know, love to be an encourager. And I thought, what if I, what if I had a hundred people, just 100 people that I was encouraging and I knew that I was impacting their life in some way, I would think, wow, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I think you have to appreciate where you are and really utilize what you have, you know, the followers that you have and, and the gifts that you've been given. And I think when you're authentic to that and you have a passion for it, you know, you grow. I, I really believe that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's simple, but I think it's true. Did you, did your growth, um, was it steady over time or did it shoot up at one? I would love to say that, you know, went viral, but nothing, no? nothing viral. No. So I, um, a lot of people do like giveaways and that yeah. kind of stuff. I had about 16,000 followers before I ever did a giveaway. And, um, cause I wanted a really organic, I wanted, you know, the, I wanted those people to be there because they wanted to be there. Um, anybody on social media that is trying to grow a platform, be it a podcast or whatever, I always liken it to, um, you remember back in like the eighties when there was no DVR seventies, whatever that was. And, um, your favorite show came on Thursday night at eight o'clock, right? Yep. Well, you knew that at eight o'clock you had to either be sitting in front of the TV or you missed the program. And, you know, um, Dukes that's, of hazard. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Dukes of hazard. Yep. Yep. I'm thinking yep. happy days, but okay. I guess Dukes we're both kind of pathetic, <laughs> but, um, uh, but you know, I mean, so you have to look at it that way. And so I think if people know that you're going to post every day, that you're going to say something relevant every day or put a picture up that, you know, they're going to want to see every single day at 8 30 AM, they're going to be tuned in and you have to be consistent. That is the key. That is, and, and it's also the hardest thing. I think that is because, you know, you can put up 10 pictures and maybe you're not getting the feedback that you thought you would, or, um, you know, the algorithm messes you up and you don't get the views that you thought you would. You just got to keep going. Yeah. And that's the hard part for me. I think that's for everybody. And it's the hard part to get across to people. hundred percent. I go through these waves of consistently putting it on there, putting it on there. And then like, 
Then then I go through a wave of what the heck? Why why, why do people am even I doing care? this? Yeah. Why do people even right. care? And and then it takes me a couple days to snap out of that and then start going again. And it's it's the way and, and everybody listening to this and we all have the same struggles, you know? And hundred percent. I, I try to put it out there and I try to build it to where, you know, um, cause I sell real estate. So I want to work with people that like me, you know, and try to build that following. And if you like me and this is what I do, then we'll probably work together. So I try to keep my Instagram pretty honest and, um, and that was weird because I thought I had to be somebody else. Right. And I yeah. don't know if you went through that. Well, you know, it's, it's called, you know, they, in, in the social media world, they call it build your tribe. Mm-hmm. Right. So build your tribe, you know, and put yourself out there and they will come. And I think that's true. Yeah. You, you have to be. And I saw somebody the other day and I should have, you know, it's one of those times where I'm scrolling through and I don't know who it was and I don't remember and I can't find it now. But he was saying, um, he was talking about that if you're authentic, you don't ever have to come up with content, right? Like if you are being who you really are, then, you know, because he was talking about stories and how important video is and, you know, that connection with your audience. And if you are authentic, then you don't have to think up something great to say. I think that's what I love about a podcast is that, you know, people are just, they're just putting it out there. Right. And, um, and you know, is every day going to be, you're, you're a rock star? No, but I mean, I think... You know, I think if you were on 24-7, people wouldn't believe it anyway kind of thing. So um, I love the real. I love people who are really real. And um, and I think people appreciate people who are real. Yeah. You know, and, and they connect with that. Um, I think the, the other thing that I would tell people who are trying to build a social media following is that, you know, you have to get to a place where it's your job. Even if you have 30 followers... And you're trying to build it to, you know, one day become a business. You have to treat it like you're going to work. And so when you get in that mindset of who's even listening, I don't even want to do that. You know, do you tell your boss that? No, you go into work. You might not be in the right frame of mind all day, but your feet are walking you to work and your hands are doing what they know to do. And sometimes that's how it is. You know, you're, you're putting up a post and it's because that's your job. Mm-hmm. And... um I think that's how I was able to work through cancer. Like how was it? I mean, I, I have some brands that stuck right by, by me. I mean, they were great sending me work through it all and, and new brands that came on. And it was because my posts were not as consistent because there were some really flatline days, but you know, you just, you look at it like it's your job Yep. and it makes all the difference. Yep. You know, you show up every day. So what's the future for Miss Barb? <sighs> I don't know. Rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, I want to continue to, um, I want to continue this. I mean, I love what I do. Uh-huh. Um, I think that, I don't know. I, I, I wish I could say, um, that I have like a five-year plan. My plan is to be so happy and so full of joy that when you bump into me in the grocery store line, it just spills all over yeah. you. Like, that's what I want. I want it to be that just, you know, and that might sound really cheesy, but I feel like that's the difference maker for people, you know, mm-hmm. when they when they can be encouraged by you just by being around you for 10 minutes. And that's what I hope to do. 
Good. Yeah. And I want and I want a little bit of more Botox because 55. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, you know, I got to I got to keep it real. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I want to age gracefully. The other day I put a post up and I said I want to age gratefully and gracefully. And that's what I want to do. Yeah. So as long as I age, though, I don't think I'll be complaining. No, no, it's good. It's a good journey to to be on. Absolutely. And, uh, we just kind of keep going forward. Yep, that's that's the goal. Thank you. you so much for having I me on. I appreciate it. So it where fun. can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at Southern Blonde Chic. You can find me on Facebook at the same spot. You can find me um, on my blog at www.southernblondechic.com. And they can also find me on my podcast, Mommyhood to Menopause. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Have a Have great, a great week. day. Bye, Bye. y'all.